Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to to be joined by Jason Wong from wonghouse.com. In the past eight years, Jason has built a portfolio of seven-figure and eight-figure e-commerce brands that span beauty, food, beverages, home decor, and apparel. His holding company, Pug House, is involved in brands such as Doe Lashes, Kaja Beauty, Do Care, Nectar Hard Seltzer, Triple Whale, and other emerging brands in the DTC space. Renowned for his approach to brand marketing and framework to bootstrap consumer brands, he teaches his program at Shopify, as well as at speaking at universities across the country. Thank you so much for joining us, Jason. Well, that's a great intro. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Let's go back in time a little bit. How'd you get started? Oh, I can take you back to when I first started eight years ago. Um, I started my first, first brand of selling sunglasses um, at school, um, I was buying stuff from AliExpress. You're probably familiar with that company. I was in high school. I was like, cool, I can import sunglasses from AliExpress and sell them at school for 50 bucks a pop. It's not a bad business. Um, and then that kind of snowballed into, oh, wait, I can sell this online. Let me start selling this on eBay. Let me buy something from China and sell on eBay. And then start my own first Shopify store right after that and snowball from there. It, it was really the, the discovery of I can buy things from outside of my local proximity to sell to people around the world. Once that clicked, everything else opened up for me. That is absolutely incredible. And I'm sure the long version of that story should probably be in a book somewhere if it isn't already. 
So you, okay, so you started selling in high school, then went online, turned that, how did you scale the first brand? Because obviously you can only sell to so many people at your high school. Yeah, no, that was just for fun, honestly. My first brand that really took off was an apparel brand. It was called Trendy Co. Um, Back in 2014, I started this company, Trendy Co., to sell trendy products, trendy shirts and designs. And the idea was that if it's popular online, it will be popular as a T-shirt, too. And it kind of proved right. I was selling stuff like um, T-shirt with designs inspired by music um t-shirt by with designs inspired by politics so back in the day um one of the most popular one was a sweater with drake on it you know the rapper drake he released yes. a music video called hotline bling and it really went viral because it was just him dancing in the neon fill room and everyone started posting about it so i said i think this will be great on a sweater so i did went on fiverr <laughs> i hired this person for 20 dollars to design it into a jpeg files and then put it online because of the search volume for hotline bling and because it wasn't that competitive at the time it just took off then i did the same thing during the 2016 presidential election um and just repeat the process over and over again for other significant internet events that was my first business that is awesome. Congratulations. That's a great idea. I'm sure some of our listeners and viewers are kicking themselves that they didn't think of that, but they still could do it to this day. Absolutely. So how did that evolve until now you've got a portfolio of seven and eight figure e-commerce brands and a holding company with interests in a whole bunch of different things? Yeah, it was really that that unlocked that I could do, I could do online business. It, you know, most people, whenever they think that they can't do something, it's really this mental gate that says, oh, I'm not qualified enough to do this, or no one will buy this, or this idea would never take off. And I think I've had that, and I still, and to an extent, have that. But after that one thing took off, the t-shirt company, I started thinking about what other stuff can I do? Um, and so I launched a coloring book company called Mean Bible. Um, this is really where the most press coverage has been for the past few years. Um, I made a coloring book of the most popular things online. Wow, that's a great idea. Meme coloring book. That's awesome. It's memes, tr- trends, cultures. You've ever seen these young say like specific words that you just didn't knew existed. I made them into crossword puzzles, words into crossword puzzles, into hangman puzzles, into word search. I had um, memes of different objects in words waddle type of illustrations. It was actually a book on its own. But the first iteration was actually a joke. I did it because I'm like, why would anyone, anyone ever buy this? So I made a Photoshop version of the book it was Thanksgiving. I remember very vividly. I was sitting at my ex-girlfriend's dinner table um, making this book and I put it online saying, this is a holy meme Bible. It's a really funny name at that time. Not too sure about now, but said it. Here's like what the inside page looks like. I did a mock-up. So I didn't have the actual book with me. I went online and I learned how to Photoshop pictures into, into books, launched it. I did $4,000 that first day. Wow. Uh, and then 6,000 the day after 7,000 uh, right after that. And before the end of the week, I did a quarter million dollars. That's insane. When you think about the fact that there are authors who labor their whole careers and don't sell that many bucks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel bad about that, but here's no, you shouldn't feel bad about that. You captured something they didn't right? You entertained people in a more compelling way. 
Yeah, it, it's such a silly product and it makes so much money that I didn't know what to do with it. But before I even think about what to do with it, I'm like, how do I fulfill these orders if I didn't have a goddamn book? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I a picture of the book. And so I scramble, you know, like everything leading up to that, I was running what I consider very, very small business. I, I had a sunglasses store. I had a t-shirt store. Those are, those are like fruit shops on the side of the street. They make money. They earn you a little bit of a living, but they're not anything magnificent a quarter million dollars in a week is pretty massive that's a real business and you got real fulfillment bro i love that you had you made the mess first cleaned it up later how did you deal with that fulfillment issue because obviously you had to finish the book get it produced and then get it shipped to hundreds of thousands of people yeah i was i was 18 years old at the time i was in college so i'm scrambling all right then you said why do i need to stay in college i just made more than my professors make for the next four years yes that's actually the next part of the story i was sitting in class uh, I remember this day, December 3rd, because remember, I started that thing in, on Thanksgiving. So it wasn't too far back. It was like a week back. On December 3rd, that exact day, I remember I have a screenshot of it on my phone. I did $15,000 that day. And it was around 8.30 p.m. that night. I was in calculus class. We're, we're preparing for our finals because that's final before we end the semester. Uh, I got up and left. I, I'm like, why am I why am I doing this if I'm distracted in school in the first place? I'm not learning. I'm not absorbing. I was never a smart kid. Um, and maybe this is my calling, but I didn't make that decision until I had reached over a quarter million dollars. Most people quit before they had some kind of validation. And I would say, you know what you do you, but that's very risky for me. I'm pretty risk averse. I don't really have a back step. If I step back, I go back to, you know, living in the garage, you know, like I, I don't, I don't have something to back step on. So I really waited until this was like a legit, like money's hitting my bank account. And then I left. Cause I was like, what's the money that I need for me to not have school and maybe not have work for the next two months and quarter million was a pretty sizable number. That would certainly cover you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, and so, yeah, I, I would say like that week, I learned the most about running a business than I had ever before. I learned logistics, fulfillment. I learned designs. I learned running the business. I learned PNL like that. I basically had a crash course in seven days and it's comical because people from the outside, they look at it and it's like, okay, that's a pretty sick business. He's probably been doing it for a long time. But no, I was 18 years old scrambling to figure out how to fulfill, you know, tens of thousands of books out of my little apartment. I actually have a picture of it, of me fulfilling the orders out of my little apartment. <laughs> and this was obviously you before Amazon print on demand, where you could have theoretically had them all by there. No, um, none so of that existed. That, that is absolutely incredible. So you had, you posted the Holy Mean Bible online, went, you've had multiple things go viral. Um, Are, is that because, well, obviously you captured the zeitgeist of what was going on in the world at the moment. However, was there also like a large paid traffic campaign? Were you running Facebook, Snapchat, whatever ads, or was this all organic and people just found it? I had zero paid ads. <laughs> wow. Is this podcast like video? Like, will people see yes. it? All right. Yes. Here's the screenshot I had on December, December 7th. Yep, that's 14,540 bucks. And then I, I want to show you a video of me, like literally fulfilling it out of my apartment. This is, oh my God, that is, for those of you who are watching online, you can see the picture he's showing. For those of you who are listening to this on iTunes or someplace else, He's showing us pictures of a large collection of boxes and the giant mess 
Um, uh, yep, there's the Holy Mean Bible, boxes and boxes and boxes of them to get them. So you literally, this wasn't some third party source. This was, I need to get them all here and then ship them. It was crazy. Yeah. So, you know, at the time I was. That is serious old school fulfillment. Yeah. I was a young kid. I was renting someone's room in their house. Like I rented someone's townhouse. So I had a little hundred square foot room. You could see, you you can't see my bed in there because it was covered in boxes. I had my bed and right next to my bed, literally inches off was a foldout table. And right behind that foldout table was my chair. And that was my fulfillment um, facility. Like I was fulfilling things, putting them into little trash bags, Um, because they're in yellow envelopes already and I take them to the post office and drop them off that's how I ran my business for a first year because I thought that's what you're supposed to do (laughs) you You didn't you didn't know any different back in the day we're talking about like you know 2015 2016 we didn't really have that vast of a logistics network that we had today yes to an extent there was drop shipping yes to an extent there was Amazon but that wasn't really readily available hasn't taken off like it has now where anyone can do it yeah. So, you know, most people, I would say like nowadays they had their first start with drop shipping. I didn't really have the luxury of that. I put out my own money and I had to do it. And my form of drop shipping was pre-selling. Like I pre-sold the book, the product with a picture, and then I bought the inventory with the money I received and I shipped it out. Well, you, you did the ultimate test, right? You got yeah. them to pay first before you risked anything. It, it was risky though, because that was very contingent on several things. One, the things arriving on time. And number two, Christmas has to be coming a little bit slower and even though it wasn't remember this was december 3rd like our cutoff time for usps is december 14th depending 7 14 and 17th i was working on a very tight timeline here scrambling crash coursing how to do e-commerce that is absolutely if you haven't written a book you gotta i mean i we could sell you could sell the heck out of the book you don't need us but um we would happily promote that so does that formula Obviously, you've tweaked it since then and improved it a lot and learned a ton about growing, building brands and growing businesses. Is everything you're involved in now, are they all still, you just keep hitting home runs in terms of organic viral stuff? Or have you branched out into, I know you've got a partnership with Snapchat. Are you branching out into paid advertising that's more predictable and scalable? Yeah, pay ads is definitely a huge part of our marketing stack right now, but our foundation is still very solid without paid ads. If I turn off pay ads today, my business can still run very well, um, but will it scale to a $50, $100 million company? Probably not without paid ads. To an extent, you do need that type of acquisition channel, um, but my background was in influencer marketing. I started off as an influencer back in the day, um, and so my belief was that if I'm able to start something with influencer marketing, I can, I can scale it with paid ads. Um, and so that's really how our business has been structured. It was really focusing on organic marketing, SEO, TikTok organic, Instagram organic, um, Pinterest organic, we're even on Pinterest now, um, influencers, affiliates, um, we're on these different coupon sites. Like these are the foundations that I think if it's solid enough, pay ads will only help, uh, like help so much. Right. Um, and that's really our philosophy of building all our brands. Uh, a lot of brands out there that don't take the same approach and have 80% of their acquisition come from Facebook or any other pay channel really hurt when they when the iOS 14.5 came out. Like yep. their business plummeted. And meanwhile, our business didn't really take that big of an effect because we had a very solid foundation. Our CPA, uh, because I just did a report on it in 2019 was... I think $11 and 40 cents 
2020 was a twelve sixty, and then twenty twenty two was around fourteen dollars. It's marginal. Yeah, that's, I was going to say that's not that right. that's not a oh my god we're now we were in the green and now we're in the red switch. Yeah, most people had their CPAs double, triple. Yep. Time and ours didn't. And you can argue like we're not a fifty hundred million dollar company like Auburn's, but they're you know like a lot of these larger companies are bleeding cash because they scale too fast with paid ads and they became solely dependent on it. And so their entire lifeline depends on series B, series C from the fees. I got to keep raising Uh, money. Right. And we've been bootstrapped up to this point for most of our businesses. And it's really because we had a very narrow focus on building a solid foundation and then we'll scale from there. That is a brilliant and at times counterintuitive approach than the one taught by, you know, a lot of the gurus out there in the marketing world who are all about the paid traffic. However, again, you're building, you're building a castle on sand, right? You can get washed away anytime Facebook or TikTok or YouTube shuts you down or turns you off or doesn't update. So talk a little bit. I mean, you've hit, had, if you were a venture capital firm, your returns would be astronaut. Your, your win rate is astronomical. I mean, normally they're looking for 10, one out of 10 hits and you've got so many in a row. How do you stay on top of the trends in all the different industries you play in now? It's, it's hard to play the trend game. You'll never be able to cash the wave the way that you thought you would, just like how you cannot predict the stocks will go up or down as much as you think you like to. If you are, you'll be very, very rich. And I'm sure one of you will be like, yeah, my win record has been pretty well. Um, and the truth is that the same thing applies in e-commerce. For as many wins that you're seeing that I have, I had five or 10 failures that aren't public. Uh, you know, that's, that's the truth. My win record isn't a 10 out of 10. It's what you're seeing is a 10 out of 10. But I can tell you about the 50 businesses that I fail, all the, all the LCs I started that didn't really took off. Um, and, and that's the truth of the matter. I want to correct that. It's like, I'm not a boy genius. I just was able to take on the momentums from my previous company and, and pass it on to the next one, build a really good team around building great products, building really good infrastructure. So no, I, I can't cash trends. I don't have a big win rate. But one thing that has really made me narrow focus in what I do is the desire to create solutions to problems that you see. Every product that I've made so far, to an extent, solves a problem, rather that is an entertainment problem. Maybe they're just people trying to um, consume memes in a different medium. So instead of consuming it on their Instagram feed, I'm giving them a coloring book. That's a solution to a problem. It's a silly problem, but it's a, it's a solution. For my lashes that I started, it was a grand um problem that my girlfriend at the time had she was trying to put on lashes she couldn't kept them on all day she was thinking that it was irritating it keeps falling off so I created a solution to a problem and so when you have that personal thesis to create solutions whatever that may be some something small like a meme bible or something big like a dough lashes it keeps you in track and by that, you don't have to chase trends. You don't have to chase the next big thing. You chase what matters the most to you. And that's the problem that you're trying to solve for. That's a great answer. And I really appreciate your honesty and your integrity. Let's go back to that for just a second. So obviously, we the resume lists all of the wins. You may you probably learned some valuable lessons from the ones that didn't work out. Can you share some of those? Yeah, um, I I think just jumping on to what you see is working for most people is a big mistake. 
um, unless you're seeing exactly why they're why they're successful and why their product deserves to exist, there doesn't there doesn't need to be a second product from you. So I was scrolling through the, my feed and I'm like, oh, this person's selling something cool. What if I just make a different version of that? And and I just fall into this track of I'm in a queue to thousands of people and I'm the second product. I'm not creating something different. So I made a lot of mistakes trying to recreate other people's product without bringing something new to the table. When you're considering a new product to bring to the market, there's many, many things that you can do to make yourself differentiated. Are you selling the same product at a better price? So you're, you're more competitive. Are you adding a feature to their product that doesn't exist in the past? There's a blender bottle and there's a blender bottle with the actual electric blender. That's a good idea. If you're just selling a different blender bottle with no blender in the color blue, you're not really standing out here. Distribution. Are you bringing distribution to a market that doesn't really have good distribution? For example, bringing subscription to men's grooming when men's grooming didn't have subscription. That's a great idea. Um, brand marketing. Are you marketing to a new market that another brand isn't doing? You can sell the same pair of yoga pants to someone buying it at the flea market, to someone buying it at Nordstrom, and then someone buying it at Lululemon. Same exact pair of yoga pants. Most people won't even tell the difference, but you can sell it to three different types of people, three different types of price point. Those are like my principles for how I bring new products to the market today. If I'm not able to hit on multiple of these points at the same time, then I don't really feel like there's a need for me to do it. But my mistake was I did it for so many years without considering these things. I was like, I can just be the second person. I can just do another version of this. And I, I failed because it's just so hard to convince people why you deserve it when you're not even talking to them face to face. You're just another brand on their feed. Um, and, and those, I would say, are like my biggest lesson. And there's so many products that fall into that. I started a, <laughs> I try to start several phone cases company, uh, one that you can stick on the wall. I was like a, the thousandth person to sell the phone case that you can stick on a wall. I was trying to sell something with a corgi butt on it. I thought it was a cute corgi butt that um, you can have on your phone case and it'll stand up. Um, I was starting I I want to start a phone case company that looks like a pair of Gucci slippers. This is the time 2017, 2018, when um, designer slippers were very popular. So I started mini versions of designer slippers as phone cases. I thought it was a brilliant idea. The market didn't. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, I want to tell you about the principle of why things fail rather than like the specifics of what, like what failed, because I think it's a very, very valuable lesson that I wish I learned earlier on. That, yeah, that, that is so true. Talk a little bit about uh, the course on how you're helping share your principles with other entrepreneurs. And then obviously love to talk about the partnership with Snapchat. Yeah, um, I've been teaching online here and there for a little bit now for a few years. Um, I make a lot of content on my stories on Twitter, all free content. I have a free newsletter, I have a free Discord channel all free for people to consume. I even teach at Shopify. They brought me in to teach their supply chain logistics branch. I also taught on their YouTube channel on how to find your next best ideas. These are all free content. But one thing that I noticed about teaching at these places is that there's always a constant um, demand for keep it simple because this is just a surface level stuff. And I'm like, sure, you're paying me. So I'll, I'll, I'll keep it simple. Um, but after so many people watch through those videos, they always ask me, can you tell me more? What's next? You're only teaching me one part of the entire business, but I still don't know how to start my e-commerce store, but I know how to do supply chain now, thanks to you. Um, and so I sat down 
and thought, do I really want to do this? And I, I run several businesses already. Why would I ever launch a course? It doesn't make sense for me to launch a course. Um, but it was this Uber ride that I took that really changed it for me. I was, I was in an Uber in Austin, Texas. And this Uber driver in his mid-50s, we were just having a conversation. He saw me carry a book about marketing. Um, and he asked me what it is. So I started telling him a little bit about what, what it's about, what I do. And he said it was very fascinating. He's a mechanical engineer who had uh, a condition that forced him to quit his job because he just cannot work anymore as an engineer. So he started driving for Uber. And he said, this is probably what I'm going to do for the rest of my life because there's really nothing else for me to learn. I can't go back to school. I can't go get a hard labor job. Um, and I was like, why don't you start e-commerce? Uh, silly me just saying, hey, why don't you do what I do? Um, and he was like, I don't like there's, I can't go back to school for that. There's no point. You know, I'm, I'm in my fifties. Um, and so I gave him my book before I left for the airport, I gave him my book and I said to keep in contact with me and we started talking. I gave him some tips here and there, start his own store, his first website. It was, it, it was cute. It was like a website was the biggest thing that could happen. And it was just a plain website with a couple of blocks on it, but it was like the next step for him. And seeing how big of a difference that make in someone's life and their ambitions, knowing that that's what clicked for them, kind of like how what clicked for me when I was 16 years old, when I realized that I could sell things online and make money from it, what that clicked for me and how that clicked for him made me say, okay, screw it. Let me just make an entire program and teach people on it. And that's the entire basis of the building blocks um, program. Just like how I said, my focus is in foundation. My focus is creating this program to teach people the building blocks of how to build their business. I separate it into 21 modules from having the right mindset as a founder to running your team, influencer marketing, paid ads, um, organic search, finances, how to do your PL. Oops, sorry. Um, how to do your PL and all that stuff. Everything in this one program allows you to go from zero to one in building your own e-commerce store that you otherwise wouldn't be able to learn anywhere else. That's really what's special to me because I want to build it for someone just like my Uber driver who didn't think that there was anywhere else that he can learn from. That program is for someone like him. And if someone like him can learn it, anyone else can learn it. Where is the best place for our viewers and listeners to go learn more about that? bbclass.co, bb, the two letters, and class.co. Awesome. And then where can they go to learn more about you and everything you're up to? I'm on Twitter. Um, look for me at Jason Wong at Agro. Um, and then I'm also on Instagram, P-U-G. It's my username, Pug. Awesome. This has been Seth Green with Jason Wong. Jason, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks everybody for watching or listening. We'll talk to you or see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. 
To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.